Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150, on this fine, hey, happy summer, summer day. Happy summer. <laughs> yeah, happy solstice that just happened uh, since our last show, and uh, it certainly is summer weather, except right now it's kind of got cloudy. It's a little hazy all of a sudden, but still. Nonetheless. Great day to, to take, take your, your dog, dog for, for a walk. walk. That's right. Um you know, and as it gets hotter, we like to say maybe early morning or later in the evening walks as opposed to, to midday and just being so sensitive about your dog in heat. Now, not to be confused with a, a female dog a female being dog. Yes. <laughs> as I said that, I was like, oh. Hold Spay on. and neuter your pets, That's people. Right. <laughs> um, so it is, um, as it is solstice, it's also a special weekend, for me anyway, um, in Seattle and for a lot of people. It's Seattle Pride this weekend. The Gay Pride Parade is Sunday that runs on 4th Avenue, downtown Seattle. And I know that cities and towns around the country are celebrating Pride this month in the month of June. And um, so just wanted to give a shout out for that. Um, lots of fun festivities happening, especially downtown Seattle and on Capitol Hill throughout the whole weekend. So it's a great, uh, great fun time. And I was recently introduced, actually the timing was great, introduced to a children's book, dog related, of course, that um, kind of fit well for um, an interview this week and the book is called Rumple Pimple and it's about a little dog a mischievous little dog who gets into all sorts of trouble and causes his two moms a lot of headache uh, while he was younger and uh, so given that the book uh, the children's book It's a Cute Story uh, features two moms I thought it would be a great interview to celebrate Pride this week so with us on the phone from, I believe, New Hampshire is Suzanne DeWitt Hall, who's the author of Rumple Pimple. Suzanne, welcome to the dog show. Thank you, Julie. It's my pleasure to be here with you, especially this week. Yeah. So, are you um, in or in or around Newburyport? You know what? When we moved um, to the region from New York State, we moved to Newburyport. So I don't have any idea why you're asking me, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, we I don't. We we live um, about twenty minutes away from there now, but okay. Yeah. Now, are you in Northern Mass or are you in? Yes, okay. Northern Mass. We're very okay. close to the um, New Hampshire border. Okay, just a few minutes away. So I'm from Massachusetts originally. Well, no wonder. Yeah, and my um, father actually, uh, he doesn't anymore. He lives in Ipswich now, but he lived in Newburyport for a little bit. And my wife and I, when we were visiting Massachusetts last summer, we were actually spent a day in Newburyport. So, Did you happen to go to the Shaw's supermarket while you were there? No. <laughs> because that's the supermarket that the Rumpelpimple story takes place in. Oh, it's funny. the up. The Newburyport Shaw's. Okay. Yeah. Well, I certainly remember yeah. Shaw's from my Massachusetts days. Yeah. And then I also, I'm probably, I assume you're familiar with Tom Ryan, the author? Yeah. Okay. So he's, we talked quite a bit about Newburyport in my interview with him. He's the author of a book called Following Atticus. Great book. Yeah. Interviewed him a few years ago. So oh, my, my, my second Newburyport author. So there you go. Know, it's a small world. I know. Small country. No, um, huge country. yeah, I know it's weird though. You get 
it's like, oh, you know this person too? That's strange because mm-hmm. it feels like the world is bigger than, you know, sometimes it feels smaller than it actually is. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about your book. You have this cute children's book called Rumple Pimple, mm-hmm. and the website is rumplepimple.com, and I'll post a link to it on our homepage, which is dogradioshow.com, for those people who may be driving and can't write anything down. But it's pretty easy to remember, Rumple <laughs> Pimple. And so tell us a little bit about this story. This is based on a, a, an actual dog. Uh, so tell us yeah. a little bit about this. Yeah, well, a few years ago, um, we acquired Charlie. His, his real name is, uh, is Charles Montgomery DeWitt Hall. That's his full name. But mm-hmm. um, he quickly acquired a nickname. And uh, so Rumble Pimple is his nickname, or Pimple for short, mm-hmm. um, which is an entirely other story. Maybe that'll be another book. Yeah. We'll see. But, um, uh, and or he, he, like I said, maybe he acquired us um, because he's a wire fox terrier. And they are, neither of us had um, ever had carriers before. We've been dog owners um, our whole lives, both of us independently. And then uh, he's the first dog that we've had together um, as a, you know, as a couple. Mm-hmm. And so terriers are so distinctly um, individual creatures. I, I heard you talking with your guest last week about the the spark convention and, and there was quite a bit on you know you can't generalize dog behaviors because they're all so different and um charlie was just this extremely unique um character compared to, to the dogs that either of us had, had. Mm-hmm. um so especially when he was young he's kind of settled down now he's about four i think now um mm-hmm. but when he was young he was pretty darn naughty and and very interesting and very focused um but he would get up to all kinds of shenanigans. And um, so one day, this story is based on one day, my wife, Diane, um, took him with her to the grocery store. So at that stage and age, he was very good at darting. Um, and she carefully opened the door and watched him the whole time. And just as she started to turn, he darted out. Uh-huh. Um, she starts having a heart attack, of course, because he's racing across the parking lot and at Shaw's in Newburyport, at Massachusetts. Shaw's in Newburyport, yeah. <laughs> right. And then she's watching him and going as fast as she can after him. And she watches him go step onto the automatic door opening pad and into the grocery store he went. Wow. Um, so she went in and she sees a woman and the woman said, um, are you looking for a dog? And she said, yes. And she said, aisle four. So Diane <laughs> went looking down aisle four and found him standing at the meat counter. Um, with his feet up, sniffing. Smart dog. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to kind of fictionalize this and um, and show that Charlie had a reason for doing what he was doing and that there's kind of more, because it's a, it's a heroic story. He ends up, the reason that he darts in is because a, um, a little girl is being um, kind of bullied by this older kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie Rumpelpimple rushes in to save the day. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the premise is that I wanted to it kind of ex- explore this idea of um, that these terriers can be labeled as, as naughty creatures, but that there's more going on um, behind their furry little faces than meets the eye. Yeah. Well, that just brings up a lot of opportunity for conversation that I've had over the years, you know, um, in different contexts, but about the, you know, so my expertise is in dog training and behavior. So I work with 
people around the mostly around the greater Seattle area in private lessons and consultations and every dog is different as you said earlier and it's so important in evaluating especially behavior is an understanding what is going on for the dog you know what's going on in the what's the dog's experience what mo- what is motivating the dog to do this behavior or to do that behavior or to not do this behavior or that behavior. Um, And just, you know, as really appreciating that they do, you know, they do have their own agenda, some more than others, their own preferences, their own feelings about things, their, you know. um, So it's a really good point to just bring up in this conversation about I think people, a lot of times, um, when I hear people, like, asking their dog to do something, they're not really being terribly present to the dog. It's just sort of like rapid-fire commands, you know, sit, 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 sit. It's like, okay, hold on. This is another individual, and we're talking about communication. Communication's a two-way street. So if you're just sort of rapid-fire commands at the dog, but you're not listening to the dog in the way that we listen to dogs, which of course they don't say words, but we kind of tune in and make a request. And then there's a thought process and a whole other world, a whole other being that you're communicating with. So, you know, just kind of like this real broad idea of, you know, the, the human having one experience of an undesirable behavior, but then the dog having a whole world of it. Mm. You know, that's a... It's, it's something I, I played with as a, a funny thing in the beginning is uh, Rumple Pimple saying that he tries to understand their language a lot harder than they try to understand his. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think is particularly true of, of animals. I mean, I was uh, playing on the theme of, of kids um, potentially feeling misunderstood and, and, you know, sometimes they would get in trouble yep. without meaning to. Um, and I figured that, you know, that was something children would understand. But it was also a reality of the dog world, you know, is that you can see them, you're saying a word, and they tip their head sideways and try to comprehend what it is you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm not sure how much attention we we do in reverse to try to try to get them. Yeah, exactly. Well, dogs and people have been living together for, you know, I think the most widely accepted number now is uh, 40,000 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a long That's amazing. 40,000 years that, you know, dogs and people have been living together. And, um, you know, that's that's a very long time. And dogs are really um, sort of masters at reading people and and understanding people and and kind of getting where we're coming from with all the nonverbal communication. And I think especially in more modern times as technology allows us to do things faster, 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 and you can do five things at once from your phone and, and, and all that, It we also, I think, lose touch with those parts of ourselves that are connected to nature or connected to our intuition or our other senses because we get a little too much too much in our heads. Talk, 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 talk. It's sort of ironic because this is a talk radio show and I talk, you know, talk about... <laughs> the importance of being present, but how dogs really kind of give us potential opportunity to practice that as we learn how to communicate with them. If we are open to that conversation, I guess, have the awareness that maybe that's needed. But I think you're, 
your your point's okay. a good your point in the book is a great one is that mm. dogs try harder to understand us than we do them to generalize you know we i just my mom uh moved in with us she's elderly and um she was with us for a few days before um she was transferred to a nursing home and it was very interesting to watch charlie um with her because he could obviously tell um, that she wasn't well. Mm-hmm. And he, on the day that we had to go, we, there was a, a visiting nurse service came in and um, we were away for a day. And he stayed right by her side and uh, stayed either at her feet or on the couch next to the chair that she was sitting in right next to her, the nurse reported when we got there. And um, it, it, he had, she moved for a long way away. He hadn't had a relationship with her before, and this was just a couple days in. Mm-hmm. And to see him um, kind of get who who she is and what her, her needs were, because generally with people, he's very, um, he can jump probably four feet high vertically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when there's people around, he gets very excited. He jumps on them, and, um, you know, he's very physical. Yeah. Um, and with her, he was very gentle and um, and just wanted to kind of be near her and it was really touching to watch and it, it obviously it didn't have anything to do with verbal um <laughs> verbal communication right but he completely got what was going on um and it was really lovely to watch mm. sounds like it yeah it's really there's a lot of stories about pe just in in your life like a story that you're talking about or people who do you know, work with therapy dogs where they bring dogs actually to nursing homes or to children's hospitals or even, uh, you know, animal-assisted crisis response. I mean, there's so many wonderful organizations out there now. Um, And to see these dogs who, I think some dogs are more sensitive to this than others um, or just sort of more inclined for this kind of work, but to see them, like they know what they're doing, clearly. They know exactly what they're doing. And I've heard this about, uh, therapeutic um, horse riding facilities as well, hmm. where the you know horses really know exactly what they're doing. It's just incredible. I I've said so many times over the years, both on the air and with my clients, that dogs and probably you know I'd say animals in general really don't get enough credit for their level of consciousness and awareness of of what all is going on. Yeah, so that's got to be true, and it. Surprising with, and, and like I said, we haven't had terriers before, so I'm just learning about them, but um, we have connected on Facebook with lots of um, terrier groups because there's this passionate following of um, some of the breeds and mm-hmm. where fox terriers, which Charlie is, is one of them, where you know, people just love them, and there are some traits that are pretty consistent. And um, he's, he tends to be a bit more um, sort of self-focused and less of a people-pleaser than... Um, the breeds that I've been used to, or the the mutts. I've mostly had mutts, really. Yeah. Um. But so, given that, it it was kind of surprising to me that he would be that present with my mom. Yeah. Um, just because he is, he tends to be his own guy. He wants to do what he wants to do. He's very focused on you know whatever the latest goal is, and uh, <laughs> you know people are to some degree it's kind of like people are there to do what he wants them to do. Right. <laughs> but with my mom, he was just super sweet and and gentle and present. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about terriers, because I know that this was something that, that, um, you know, you've kind of focused on and have been thinking a lot about as you have 
had a terrier join your family and and he's different from the other dogs that you've both had in your life. And you talked about, you know, in his younger years, especially that you really were challenged to keep him safely busy, safely busy during his first few years. And, you know, that he's really smart and he really had a need for what you said, entertainment and physical energy release. And I've um, said the same thing using slightly different words in that when we think of exercise and that our dogs need exercise, like, oh, I need my dog. My dog has a lot of energy. I need to get my dog a lot of exercise. We tend to think of physical exercise, but not mental exercise. And there's two, those are equally important in qualifying the kind of exercise or release of energy that dogs need. So like, sounds like he's a very busy boy and keeping yeah. that mind busy in addition to the body busy is, is a double, it's kind of a double whammy. So, yeah, exactly. you know, you guys were, had a hard time finding toys that could withstand him. He's very destructive. And, and I think you mentioned, um, a puzzle actually that I'm familiar with. It's by, by your description, it sounds like, um, it might be a brand called Nina Otison, which is a brand, one of the older brands of um, like doggy puzzles that are out there. You said there you had like a plastic um, puzzle that had three layers and you kind of hide yeah. treats in it and the dog has to basically figure out how to get the treats. And um, I talked with uh, Dr. Brian Hare, who's the founder of Dognition.com and was the host of um, Is Your Dog a Genius, which was on Not Geo Wild recently about... Um, you know, how valuable it is to present dogs with problems to solve mm. because it burns that mental energy that they so badly need an outlet for. So it sounds like you guys have gotten some of those puzzles and all sorts of different kinds of things in an effort to meet uh, his mental, uh, his need for an outlet for his mental energy. Yes, we try to, especially if we're leaving um, the house that's something because we both work out of the home, so we're around a lot. Um, and when we have to be gone, um, you know, I'm, we sometimes are concerned about leaving him things to do. So um, that's when we tend to use them the most, um, just to give him something a little more active to do. Yeah. And you know, I have a question. I'm sorry, I want to switch on this because I really need your advice about this. Sure. Um, one of the things that Rumple Pimple does in the book is that he pees on things. And, you know, I used it kind of as a, a funny gimmick um, because kids often respond to kind of potty humor and they just, you know, it's hysterical. <laughs> so right. I decided to include it, but it's based on real, that's based on, you know, this is a real thing that he does or has done. Um, he did pee on someone's shoe in a park once, in a dog park, you know, where everybody's just gathered, this complete stranger. Yeah. And he has, um, his his sister cat is named Chicken, and um, she had this box that she had adopted and was hanging out in, and uh, he peed on that. So, um, it, you know, those are things that are kind of in the story, but I'm curious if you have advice about that. And, you know, we've heard mixed things in trying to research about, you know, could it be anxiety, could it be a dominance issue, um, you know, and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts. Well, it sounds like he's marking. Yeah. So, which would be like mine, like this is mine. So it's either this is mine or you keep out. So kind of two different angles on how to look at what the intention is of doing that. Um, sometimes dogs, if they're young, 
we'll just sort of do it out of um, impulse or instinct and there's not a whole lot of thought process going on or intention. It's just sort of like, oh, I smell something and then it's just like a body reaction when they're developing. I just witnessed this with a four-month-old male puppy the other day. Um, And it was something that he had never done before. So it's like something starting to kick in for him. Mm -hmm. But usually for marking and that kind of thing, I mean, managing... um, I don't know. I've never I've not met him obviously. I don't know him, right. but it doesn't strike me as something that's um rooted in anxiety. It yeah, strikes cool. strikes me more as something that he's just doing cuz he thinks that it's something that makes sense to him to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it for me is a, just a matter of letting him know. No. Okay. <laughs> Because we've heard conflicting things about it. I mean, some people, like I said, thought it could be an anxiety thing. So if you show displeasure, then that increases the anxiety. Which Uh, would be true with with anxiety-based behavior. You don't mm -hmm. generally, uh, you know, you have to be even more careful with any sort of corrective communication. Mm and you know, and this is why I've said over and over and over and over again, and, and including in my conversation with you today, every dog is different. And one of the things in my conversation that I I interviewed um, Temple Grandin. Are you familiar with her? No. Mm-mm. Okay, she's a um, woman who's autistic and a professor of animal science, and has just check her out, Temple Grandin. Oh. It's she's incredible. Um, but she said that you know you can't. If somebody asks you about something, it's really hard to give advice without meeting the individual because, you know, is it anxiety-based? Is it not? Blah, blah, blah. But based off of how you're describing it, it doesn't really sound like it's anxiety-based to me. It sounds more like he's just doing it because it makes sense to him, and he just needs to know, no, that is not okay to do. And so to, you know, well, communicate that with him in a way that he as a dog is going to understand. And then also a lot of managing him so that he doesn't have the opportunity to do those things mm-hmm. unnoticed because then it's a yeah. missed opportunity to educate him. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as anxiety either. He's, he doesn't come across as an anxious yeah. creature in general. Yeah. He comes across as, like, I'm in charge. So, yeah. you know, I, I think... As as far as a, a phone in diagnosis can be accurate, yeah, 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 yeah. That seems to, that seems to make sense. Yeah. So of course, so, you know, and you're already aware of this. We've talked about this, making sure that you're meeting his energy needs. He's getting enough exercise. That he's um, being very constructively reinforced for what you like. Because what tends to happen with dogs that are challenging is that we focus on the undesirable behaviors. Because those are the ones that end up consuming most of our energy. But then what we focus on, we sort of, in some ways, at least energetically, sort of perpetuate. So it's really important to balance, if not anything, have the positive interaction be more present in his life so that he's not, he doesn't get frustrated or, you know, it doesn't sort of build tension. Um, We want him to experience himself as a good dog. Oh, I'm so good. And right. it takes a lot of energy and sort of forethought to set that up. And and that's where training comes in really handy, where you can just give him direction, give him direction. Okay, here's a situation where he's challenged. Let's 
teach him some things to do and then give him direction in those situations. And then we can praise him for the work that he's doing and so that he has the experience of being good as opposed to no, you know. Um, And so with a really strong foundation of um, attention on what you want. And then when there are behaviors that happen, for example, he lifts his leg on somebody, you can very confidently tell him and clearly tell him, no, sir, (laughs) in a way that's very direct and very clear, but knowing that you have this really solid foundation of meeting his needs and, you know, in all fairness to him, that you're really at least balancing the, the good with the no. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it sounds like a lot, a lot like child rearing. I mean, yeah, I've heard, yeah. I've heard p- parents say that a lot. Like, oh, oh, it's just like kids, or oh, we can use this on the kids. <laughs> As I've been, <laughs> you know, working it with makes them. Sense, yeah, <laughs> totally logical. Yeah. So, so this is a just a really um, cute book. It's called Rumple Pimple, and the website is rumplepimple.com. I'll post a link to it on our homepage and on our Facebook page. Of course, our homepage is dogradioshow.com, and I assume it's available on Amazon. It is. You can you can find a link on his website or go to Amazon directly. Okay. Um, and I also wanted to mention that um, part of the proceeds are going to Warrior Fox Terrier and Terrier Rescue oh, organizations great. because this breed does tend, you know, people kind of might get in over their heads, and so um, <laughs> rescue organizations are... Uh, are important. So. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And it's it's a really cute book. Again, it's a children's book uh, story about this mischievous little dog and his two moms. And uh, the timing of this interview is, of course, an acknowledgement and celebration of, for Seattle this weekend, Gay Pride Weekend, but is happening elsewhere, you know, throughout the month of June all over the country and the world. So we've, we certainly are in support of that at the dog show. And Suzanne, it was wonderful to talk with you and um, hear, you know, learn a little bit more about uh, the dog behind the story. And I hope that my advice gives you some help uh, with him and his marking behavior. But um, best of luck to you and and Rumple Pimple. And thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you. And I'm definitely going to go do a little more research on on doggy challenges. All right. I appreciate your time. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. So we're going to be back in just a few minutes with the president of Filson, Gray Madden. They're having a doggy happy hour this weekend and their headquarters are in Seattle, Washington. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Terriers are my very favorite breed. They're cute and cuddly, easy dogs to feed. They'll help bring you up whenever you are down. Average 20 pounds When I walk around in this terrier town The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to best practitioner Dr. Nels Rasmussen, we cover the world of animals. 
This week, June 28th, it's an encore presentation of Animal World. Tune in to hear Jude and Paul Ponton from Whispering Dragon in Seattle work their magic with harmonic energy shifting for callers and their animal friends. You could even receive a healing just from listening. Be sure to join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Hey, dog show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray pure air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for pure air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit DogRadioShow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Made fresh each day for you. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. You love to grow, then go Terry, go Terry, go Terry. Welcome back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. And we're back talking with Gray Madden, who's the president of Filson, uh, which is a clothing and gear company for uh, active people outdoors. Really cool clothing. You can find them online at filson.com. Gray, welcome to the dog show. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. Sure. So you guys have, uh, you're headquartered in Seattle, is that right? Yeah, we've been in Seattle for 118 years. Okay. Uh, so we've, <laughs> you know, we've been making products here in Seattle for that amount of time. It started for the Alaskan Gold Rush, actually. So it's hmm. rugged, durable product for the outdoorsman. Nice. And you have a event coming up this Friday a canine happy hour. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We, um, you know, it's National Take Your Dog to Work Day. Nice. And we thought we could end the work day with a happy hour for man's best friend. So yep. in our store, which is down in Soto on 4th Avenue, um, we're going to have a human and dog happy hour. So from 5 to 8, everybody's invited to come down, enjoy some snacks. So we've got mud Bay snacks for the dogs and Pike Brewing and Blue Acre snacks for the humans. Um, Pike Brewing is actually going to serve their Derby Lager, which was uh, is named for their mascot, which is a Boston Terrier named Derby. Mm-hmm. So we've got all the right all the right stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Now, is this your first ha- canine happy hour that you're hosting? Yeah, this is the first canine happy hour we've had. You know, our um, we have a, a store mascot Molly, um, and so people, everybody that comes to the store is you know, always commenting on the dogs. People, we have a lot of customers who bring their dogs into the store to meet Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought it's just a natural extension. You know, Filson's had dog products in the line for over a decade, so it makes a lot of sense for us to extend that, you know, extend to our canine friends as well as our human friends. Yeah. What kind of dog is Molly? 
Uh, Molly's a German short hair. Of course she is. A course. fine sporting breed to yeah, represent, a right? Yeah, sporting dog for a sporting company, for sure. <laughs> and uh, now, do you have a dog yourself? I do. I do. Um, I am well-trained. <laughs> Petunia <laughs> May is my uh, Weimaraner mm-hmm. um, and has been, uh, we think she's 11. Petunia May is rescue. She was. She's from Atlanta, so that's why she has a southern name. Ah, I but see. But <laughs> she grew up in uh, Puppy Mill, unfortunately, and was mm. bred for a long time. Um, before she was adopted, my wife has always been in Weimaraner Rescue. So mm. we've had Petunia May for a while, and she is. Uh, I think she's going for world's laziest dog competition this summer. So she's oh. she's really uh, she's she's chill. Well, that's funny because I. So it's your wife who has the connection with the breed. Because I just thought it was funny that your name is Gray and you have a Weimaraner. Yeah, I think maybe that's because uh, my wife has always had Weimaraners, and that might have yeah. been what drew me to her as much as. <laughs> um, you know, with a name like Gray, you're going to obviously have a gray dog. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. Again, you can go and, and check out all of their great products at filson.com. Um, men's and women's clothing, luggage and bags, um, homeware, watches, all sorts of stuff. And it, it, there is such a connection between dogs and the outdoors. You know, companies that have a connection with the outdoors are really drawn there's a real organic connection with dogs and it totally makes sense. And it's something that I think is actually really interesting to, to talk about a little bit in depth and like, what is it about our connection with dogs and our connection with the outdoors that, that sort of shares a vein and, you know, a lot. So my expertise is working with dog training and behavior here in Seattle right? and in coaching people how to communicate with their dogs on for a number of different reasons in a number of different contexts, um, it really uh, asks us. They the dogs really ask us to get really in touch with the nonverbal communication, you know, because that's their language, and really get us in our bodies and and present. And um, I think it's sort of a similar. Uh, I think what we gain in connection with our dogs is sort of a similar feel or appeal for people who, for example, like to connect with the outdoors. I mean, it's about like getting present. I think about being on a hike and being, you know, in the woods, if we're talking about Pacific Northwest, um, and just, you know, looking at the natural beauty around us and not being on our phone or on our computer. Yeah. And it's kind do, of, a, go ahead. Julie, do you find that, you know, I know you do a lot of a lot of behavior and, and training, and do you do specific different sorts of training, whether it's indoor or outdoor, or, or is there, do you find a different experience with dogs when you are with training them outdoors? Is that a different, is there a different approach? Well, they're more distracted. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, to, if, as a general indoor-outdoor question, the progression of training if we're just talking about obedience training, which is different from a dog with behavioral issues, so right. t- training and behavior are kind of two, di- two different things, training helps us work with behavior. But if we're talking about a general difference between indoors and outdoors, indoors is where you start with training um, generally. Now, I'm not talking about gun dogs or, you know, sure. sort of professional dogs. but um, And then you s- sort of graduate to environments that, where the distraction level increases because it just becomes harder for the dog to pay attention to, it becomes harder for them to focus. And then also 
they are, there's the aspect of them just simply choosing to do what you've asked them to do. I mean, coming when called is probably one of the most common requests I have from clients. I, I just want my dog to come when I call him. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that's the issue when they're outside. It's not, not so much the issue when you're in your living room. Um, and then that then you get into different breeds of dog. And if you have for one of the hardest dogs, I would say that I worked with, and part of this was her age. She was young, so it's just all impulse and instinct. But she was a Gordon Setter. And she's just like, bird, 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 you know. And I was like trying to get her to focus on me. And I felt like she really couldn't. Like it wasn't that she was just being stubborn. She was just, her whole body was like oriented to the birds. And, you know, that's how she was created. (laughs) She'd probably be a great gun dog. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, definitely a different experience. But then as far as just understanding dogs, for example, you know, sporting breeds versus... Um, you know, a toy breed or non-sporting breed or something that I think you'll find interesting. I interviewed a few years ago, several years ago now, I think actually Stanley Corin, who's the author of a book, many books, but one of them is The Intelligence of Dogs. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the uh, relationship sort of in the timeline of the evolution of gun technology and, or I said the the progression of the technology of guns and hunting, mm-hmm. and how the the sporting breeds and their job description changed to match the guns. And as the guns got more precise, the job description of the dog actually changed. Interesting. Yeah. It, yeah, and we that was part of what we focused on in that in my interview with him when we were talking about that book and I was like totally makes sense and then all you know from um, it's been a while but using like pointer to setter to spaniel to retriever or whatever the um, the order was but I know retriever was last because he said as um, space became less and less you know hunting space became less and less you end up with a hunter you know just sitting in a duck blind and you need a dog that's going to be just kind of quiet sitting there and wait until they need to go and retrieve the duck right patient and yeah not as not as mobile yeah interesting yeah so i yeah that was kind of a real interesting link that i i learned in that interview with him um that connection between the the technology of guns in hunting and actual dog breeds that work with hunters yeah that's that's interesting yeah hmm. So anyway, so you guys are, um, so Filson, um, I love your style, by the way, for outdoor clothing. And one thing particularly that I appreciate is I was looking at your uh, selections for women, mm-hmm. and I not once saw the color pink. Yeah, we're, um, uh, <laughs> we, we don't have a, a huge women's business. It is something that we're investing in, and we've hired a new um, couple of people on the design team to actually look at the women's business much more closely and actually next year you'll see a much larger range of women's yeah. uh, filson items but you will not see pink in the collection we um you know we our philosophy used to be take a man's jacket and, and make it smaller which wasn't going to work because the fit issue um, we've corrected most of the fit issues but we're still you know there's a there's an industry term of men's um men's brands that try to go into women's and it's called shrink it and pink it, 
You know, so you just take something, then make it smaller and make it pink, and they think that's a women's item. And so we're definitely not going to shrink it and pink it at Filson. We, uh, we really we know that our, our customers, whether it's a man or a woman or a dog, you know, what they, what they need is really unfailing goods is what we call it. And it's, it's products that are guaranteed for life. Um, in fact, all of our products are guaranteed for life. So if anything fails, it comes back to us and we repair it or replace it. Yeah. But what we, you know, what we really strive to do is make the best quality garments and bags um, and not the most fashionable. We are not a fashion company. We're a function company. And so that's really one of the things that, you know, from a, from a natural um, relationship with, with dogs, you know, if, if all of our products are built for function and the outdoors, it's similarly, we can easily build a, a product range for dogs that's going to last just as well as our own um, our own clothing. So Yeah. Well, I was thrilled because my frustration, it's like story of my life when, with some sort of, especially outdoor kind of clothing, mm-hmm. um, is I feel frustrated because it's like, ooh, oh, I love that style or I love that, um, you know, color pattern in the men's version. And then you go to the women's version and all your only options are, you know, pastel pink and purple. And, and, uh, but then, you know, I can't, I don't want to wear the men's because it doesn't fit my body. And, uh, so I was just like, oh, wow, this is a, this is great. So, hey, I appreciate that. Lots lots more to come there too. Awesome. Stay tuned. So you guys have a, uh, some products for dogs. You've got some, so these are sort of geared towards uh, outdoor, you know, people who take their dogs out with them, hiking, hunting, um, that sort of thing, travel bowls and um, different bags and some nice leather leashes and collars and mats and all sorts of stuff. So if you just go to filson.com and then go to the collections tab um, under collections, you'll see Filson Dog and that will bring you to their dog products and Sounds like you guys have a great um, warranty or guarantee for your yeah, products. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, P- Petunia's, um, you know, Petunia's dog collar and leash that she's, you know, she wears is the same bridal leather that we use in our luggage. Mm-hmm. And so it's the kind of thing that you, you know, you only want to buy once or want to buy one, you know, over several years. And they're just indestructible. I mean, the things are, you know, they just do not wear out. And so, you know, we we don't. We're never going to be the least expensive, but we're going to be the best value because of the guarantee. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's real great. You s- spend more money on something and you end up having it last for years and years and years versus saving some money. And then within several months, it blows out. Yeah. And in the dog world, that's so typical. There's so many things that are just, you know, such poor quality because they, people don't think that their dogs are worth the, or I'm sure people think their their dogs are worth the investment, but they don't make the investment on their dogs. Um, and you know they, they make an investment on themselves and what they wear, but they don't put a you know a nice dog collar on their dog, and the thing wears out or it gets lost, or the dog you know chews through it. And so it, it's it's really nice to have product that we we can stand behind, um, you know, both for people and dogs. It's really it's a lot of fun. It's a great great reason why like why we all like to work here. Yeah. Now, do you? I know you said Friday is National Take Your Dog to Work Day, and you guys are hosting this great canine happy hour in your store, which is on Fourth Avenue in South Seattle. And is this something that um, people need to like RSVP for, or can they just show up? It's from five to eight Friday, yep, the twenty sixth. Five to eight down in Soto on Fourth. Um, they do not need to RSVP. You can certainly turn up um, with your dog or without and enjoy some you know, enjoy some treats. We will probably have 
um, well over 100 people. And so far we've got, I think, close to 25 dog RSVPs. So we're at about a, you know, about a, about a quarter to one ratio so far. Nice. Um, but because it's going to run, you know, five to eight, there's plenty of time for people to come and go, um, you know, meet, meet the store staff, meet the dog, meet Molly. Um, Petunia may might make an appearance. So, if she's uh, up for it. If she's up for it. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. And you've got um, some guests. Uh, the and I'm going to be talking about this in the next segment. Uh, the the there was a story in January about this dog in Seattle who rode the bus by herself to the dog park. Yep. Eclipse. Yeah. Eclipse is coming to the yeah. So once uh, I won't steal your thunder, um, <laughs> since you're going to talk about it in the next segment, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, she will definitely be in appearance. She's our VIP for the night nice. um, at the Filson store on 4th. So come out and meet Eclipse. Yeah, and she's probably not taking the bus herself to this event. She'll be there with her with her human counterpart, I assume. I think her human counterpart are <laughs> SVP, but, you know, Eclipse is fine by herself or... or yeah, if she wants to go on her own, she yeah. knows how to get there. Yeah, yeah. She, you know. Cool. And then, of course, Derby, Pike Brewing Company's mascot and... Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Petunia, if she's up for it. Exactly. All right, cool. Well, Gray, thanks so much for your time today on the show. I really enjoyed looking at your products, and I love what you have going on there, and especially that you're you're not shrinking it and pinking it with the women's stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I've not heard that before, so. Yeah. um, Well, thanks, Julie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and have fun. So, again, the Filson uh, Canine Happy Hour is this Friday, June 26th, from 5 to 8 p.m., at their Seattle location at, on 4th Avenue South in Soto. Um, check it out. Go to filson.com to find out all of their uh, about all their great products. And uh, have a great time this Friday, Gray. Thanks for your time. Great. We hope to see you out there, Julie. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with some upcoming events. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, um, that dog, Eclipse, who takes the bus by herself to the dog park. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. So, you take the plane, but I'll take the bus this time. Well, so... Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show, Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email 
info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See ConversationsLive.net for show schedule and guest information. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Good news, Belgium. We're streamed worldwide at 1150kknw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I'll take the bus this time, but Jonathan. You're a crazy boy taking a bus. Well, I'm crazy, so what's the fuss? Two whole days on this Welcome back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. And uh, it was a great show. Had two great guests. First, if you missed um, any part of the show, we talking with uh, Suzanne DeWitt Hall, who's the author of a cute children's book that is dog-related titled Rumple Pimple. And uh, it's a story of a mischievous uh, little terrier who gets into all sorts of trouble. And um, what was particularly of interest to me is that this, this terrier has two moms. And, uh, of course, we're celebrating here in Seattle uh, Gay Pride Weekend uh, this coming weekend. And, um, and those festivities have been happening in, in various weekends in June all over the country and I guess the world too. So uh, just celebrating that. And uh, so rumplepimple.com is the website for that book. If you're interested in that, it's a cute little children's book. And uh, that was a great conversation. And then um, talked with Gray Madden, who's the president of Filson uh, Clothing and Outdoor Gear. Um, really cool, very functional, well-made clothing and um, bags and watches and all sorts of other great products for the outdoor lover. Uh, They mostly have um, clothing for men, uh, very well-made and really, really nice style. (laughs) Things that he was talking about that I appreciated was with the women's line that they are expanding, that it's not all pastel pink and purple there actually was no pastel pink and purple which i appreciate personally because i don't connect with those colors as much as i do other colors so now wait a second you're wearing a pink shirt today i know (laughs) eric this is radio no it's true though but this is the the and i actually have light pink nails yes yes you do but um but generally speaking i i now you know Right, you know what what I generally wear. It's yes. usually not yes. pink. 
That, there's nothing wrong with pink, but I, I think the point he was trying to make definitely was they're not just going, okay, we're going to take the men's product and shrink it and pink it, as he said. Right. P- color it pink and, and right. make it smaller and assume that that's just going to fit uh, women and their needs out there. They're that's right. Customizing it really for what people need. Right. And of course, there's nothing wrong with the color pink. I'm wearing it right now. It's just not (laughs) something I generally wear. I guess where my frustration is, is when I'm like, oh, that's a cool shirt. And then I go to the women's section or category online or whatever, and there are no other options other than pastel pink and purple. Um, that that struck me, and it was kind of a cool part of that conversation. And they have a fun event coming up this Friday, a Canine Happy Hour Friday, the 26th of June, 5 to 8 p.m. at their uh, 4th Avenue South location in Seattle. So they're, they're, they do have a special guest who is um, at this event at, at Filson who is Eclipse, the dog who takes herself to the park, to the dog park. And uh, I remember seeing this um, story around in January when it came out, uh, all the local news stations and, um, of course, uh, Seattle Pets Examiner, um, Tracy Campion, who I've had on the show, wrote about it as well. And um, this dog, this two-year-old dog, Eclipse is her name, she's a lab, um, gets gets on the bus and takes herself to the dog park. And I guess how this happened was that her owner um, was like finishing a cigarette or something and the bus came and I think was going to like wait for the next one maybe. And the dog was like, well, I'll see you there. Because they had (laughs) ridden that route together enough times. And she was just like, well. The dog's like, I got exact change. I don't need you. Yeah. I'm not going to wait for you. So um, she took her took herself there and and it made all headlines everywhere and it's a really really interesting story and but it also really brought up I was reading the comments on um the post on Seattle Pets Examiner about people who were like oh this is so cute and that this is amazing and and it is those things and then other people who sort of had some concerns about well I wouldn't want my dog just riding the bus by herself or himself to who knows where and just kind of fending for themselves. And then it kind of brings up some other parts of the conversation about, you know, dogs shouldn't be unattended at dog parks. And so there's sort of, you know, comments on both sides. And I can appreciate both. Nonetheless, an interesting story. And Eclipse will be in dog in person on uh, at this Filson event, Canine Happy Hour, this Friday, June 26th. Um, and that's um, so also... So Eclipse yeah. can answer all your questions. She can. Questions and concerns. Yes, that's right. She'll <laughs> be there to address them in person. Um, but that sounds like a fun event. So so it is uh, Gay Pride the weekend, this weekend in Seattle. Um, so happy Pride to everybody who uh, celebrates if you're gay or queer or whatever, or if you know someone or love someone who is, yay for you. And we'll be back next Wednesday. 2 to 3 p.m. as always. If you've missed any part of this episode, you can find us online, dogradioshow.com. Thanks for being with us today.